The following program is recorded content created by the Truth Network. It's Matt Slick Live. Matt is the founder and president of the Christian Apologetics Research Ministry, found online at CARM.org. When you have questions about Bible doctrines, turn to Matt Slick Live for answers. Taking your calls and responding to your questions at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Everybody, welcome to the show. I want to thank you for uh, for listening. And if you want to watch, you can see what I look like. It's not a big deal, but uh, all you got to do is go to carm.org, C-A-R-M.org, on the right hand side. Laura, we'll be putting a link up here in a minute, like within one minute. Not to put any pressure on Laura, but she's got to work it. She's got to get all the stuff. She's got to go and she's got to edit. And I see her on the camera, and she's panicking. Uh, if I could hear her, probably something like. Ah! But we'll see what happens. She's usually pretty good. Oh, now she's making faces at me. Hey, if you want to give me a call, all you got to do is dial 877-207-2276. Today I uh, spent a lot of time working on my Patreon stuff. I'm going to revamp all of it and just uh, do things differently. So if you're curious about that, you can check it out. Uh, Matt Slick, you know, Patreon Matt Slick, uh, forward Slick, Matt Slick. I think it's just, uh, there we go. It's just uh, Matt Slick. All right, now... Um, Okay, got a lot of stuff going on here. But you know what? Right at the beginning of the show, and I'm in a good mood, uh, right at the beginning of the show, Laura sent me uh, what she said is a really good hate mail. Now, hate mail isn't for another couple of days, but I want, I want to just read it now. I haven't even looked at it, but I want to read it now because, you know, you know me, i got issues. I like hate mail. I think hate mail is pretty cool. I know a lot of people do. She said it was good. And uh, so I'm going to get right into it. And let's see where to go. There we go. All right. Now, here we go. This is some hate mail. And uh, for those of you who might be tuning in uh, new, you're not sure. Yes, Matt Slick is my real name. I answer questions about the Bible. Oh, Mormonism, Jehovah's Witnesses, Christian Science, Unity by Islam, the occult, UFOs, uh, evolution, transcendentals, some philosophy, biblical theology, preaching, teaching, women pastors and elders, baptism, all kinds of stuff. I've been doing this for a long time. Matt Slick is my real name. And uh, we get a lot of hate mail because the site's had well over 151 million visitors and uh, over the years. So we get people who just wish the worst upon me and that's okay because well it's a free country all right so here goes let's see if laura is correct in that this is a good hate mail she said it was a good one so let's see i'm gonna get right to it all right this comment was under your article is the lord's supper a representation of the sacrifice thought i'd share all right, Matt Slick. This is what it. This is what kills me about you, Sola Scriptura Protestants. Now, of course, I'm adding a little tone, but you know, I think it's apropos given the uh, the the, uh, the email. This kills me about you, Sola. In quotes, Sola Scriptura Protestants. Christ Himself said He would offer His own body and blood as food and drink for us for eternal life. He repeated it when people like you. <laughs> Oh, I love this. People like you heard him say it and doubted. I didn't hear him say it. I read it. Anyway, and then he tripled, tripled down and said it again. He tripled down? Okay. I didn't think he tripled down. So, uh, 
so first of all, let me just respond to that because it's apropos here. You know, we do apologetics. Uh, Jesus also said he was a door. Does that mean he's a literal door? No. And if he was literally offering his body and his blood, then why does the Bible say in Leviticus 17:11 that we're not to drink the blood of any flesh? Now, so was Jesus violating Levitical law, Mr. Catholic? Because that's what I we as a Catholic they say this. See, they don't answer these questions because they, they're like, oh, uh, what? What'd you say? Yeah, you know, you go to Leviticus seventeen eleven, and what it says right there, it says that God forbids us to to consume any blood of any flesh. And then when you say this to a Catholic, you know what they do? They do this. Now, if you could have seen my zero expression IQ uh, face, then that would have been, you know, you'd have smiled. You'd go, oh, that's what they do. But you can imagine me looking like like all the lights are out in my head. Just imagine me just sitting there like Novocaine face, you know. That's usually what happens when I'm talking to Catholics and I read this stuff because they're like, what? Uh, so, because they don't study the Bible. They study Catholicism. Okay, let me go continue with this. Uh, what? He says, what? Question mark. Sola Scriptura doesn't apply here? These aren't the words of God? A lot of question marks. Uh, you can't have it both ways. What both ways? What, what both ways? I'm just reading the Word of God. Anyway, either inform yourself about what the Catholic Church is. Well, I've only written, I think, maybe someone could do a count for me while I'm talking on the radio and I could update it, but I think I've written like 140 articles on Catholicism. I think so, a lot, and no, I don't have issues. So either inform yourself about what the Catholic Church is and then present your questions or concerns or sit down and be quiet. <laughs> yes, that is awesome. Either I love that. That's a good one. Either inform yourself about what the Catholic Church is and then present your questions or concerns or sit down and be quiet. Could I sit down and still be vocal? Because I, I always want to know. Because they give me these rules, you know, sit down and be quiet. Well, what if I'm sitting down and I'm still talking? Is that okay? Or maybe they, can I stand up and be quiet and make facial expressions? I don't know. These are technical questions you have to ask. Um, anyway, he goes on, it would be better, it would well be better that a millstone be tied around your neck rather than lead these into confusion and hell. Wow. And this coming from someone who's an idolater who prays to Mary and elevates her to the level of goddess and believes in works righteousness and the Roman Catholic Church being the greatest gate of damnation of any religion on the planet because it's supposed to be the biggest. Oh, yeah, I did say it, and I believe it. I do believe that the Roman Catholic Church is in the service of the devil. I do, because I believe it teaches a completely false gospel. Now, I'm not just saying that for... Uh, Know, for sensational points here, I believe that, and I've always taught that. That's that's what the Catholic Church teaches, and I will debate. You know, I'll debate people. They can call me up. We can talk about it if you want. All right, now he goes on. P.S. You know, there's a demon whose specialty is sowing discord and confusion. See, you know, there's a demon. See, he it's bad grammar. He says, "Do you know?" But no, it says, "You know, there's a demon whose whose special speciality is sowing discord and confusion." Because he had a question mark on it. So, why not utter a prayer of binding to relieve your poor soul and intellect of its grip? 
Wow. Hey, I have an idea. Why don't you pray to Jesus and ask Jesus to forgive you of all of your sins? Don't go to a priest. Don't go to Mary. Just go to Jesus Christ and ask Jesus to forgive you of all of your sins. And if you did, would all your sins be forgiven? If you say yes, then you don't need the Catholic Church, do you? If you say no, then Jesus isn't enough, is he? This is simple stuff. Anyway, there you go. There you go. Uh, uh, okay. Uh, look, I, look. I just got an email from my old seminary professor. Actually, he's the guy who kind of kept me in sem. I was ready to quit at one point. And he's the guy who kept me in. He's a good guy. Anyway, that's another story. So... Hey, we have three open lines. If you want to give me a call, 877-207-2276. That person either got raptured, had a phone thing, or got tired, or we had a problem. And uh, let's see. Let's get to Alex from Orlando, Florida. Alex, Alex, the medicine man, whatever your last name is. Okay, go ahead. It's right. My last name's right. Right? Your last name is right, W-R-I-G-H-T? Yeah. Yeah, I got a good one like you. It should be, you know, Alex, the wrong one, right? I think that'd be good. Oh uh, yeah. Well, I couldn't couldn't expect that coming from you. You couldn't. You should know yeah, better. No, I, I lower my standards I when I'm talking to you. I was being facetious. Oh okay. You just you yeah. missed it. I just insulted you. You missed it. It was a good insult too. Yeah. I, no, no. I just ignored it. Okay, well, that's smart, man. All <laughs> right, big man. What do you got? Did I just interrupt hate mail? No, no, no. It was uh, Laura just sent me one. She said it was a really good one that they wished a, wheel, a millstone tied around my my neck, um, which is wishing for my death. Uh, so you oh, know, this is the intolerance of, of people. Yeah, oh, we wish you to die. You know, okay, it's it's just you know, um, and then I'm demonically oppressed. You know, if any Catholic wants to call up, and we can discuss these things, but I, I just have a question: If Jesus uh, instituted the blood and the, the bread and the wine as his body and blood, then was he violating Levitical law in seventeen Leviticus seventeen eleven when it says you're not to drink the blood of any flesh? I, I, I ask Catholics this question all the time, and what they come back with is it says just animals. Oh, so it's okay to drink human blood. Is that what you're saying the Israelites would believe now? You know, and other things, you know, there's other stuff. But uh, but then you take him to the Latin. You say, let's go talk to your priest and go ask him what it means in the Latin. In the Latin, yeah, the Vulgate. Actually, well, yeah. I was I was in the very room that Jerome translated the, uh, the Bible into Latin in. I, I've been in that room. Wow. Over there, overseas. Yeah, I was. And uh, I could boast about a whole bunch of other stuff I've been over there because it would be boasting. But I, you know, like, for example, I've been in Qumran Cave 1. Yes, shameful boast. But, man, I'm so tickled that I got to go in Qumran Cave 1. All right. Uh, okay, mean, question. Yeah. So, Did you clean up your yard yet? <laughs> You're always boasting. you got a you got a boasting problem. I do. I have a boast. I boast in my stupidity. I boast in my inanity. Inanity. Inane? Inanity. And uh, then I boast about having gone to Israel and seen stuff by God's great grace. Oh, man, what a, what a privilege. Yeah. All right. Hey, Lord willing, so maybe what it, I'll be with you in Israel next year. I don't know. Well, next year is February. That's where we're going. Oh, I'm not going to be there then. I can't, I can't raise that money in time. No way. All right. Well, we're going to try going again another year, like yearly. Yeah. All right, big man. What do you got, buddy? Yeah, so question. So I was dealing with a nominal Buddhist the other day, and he was going to some interesting places, but he told me, 
he had a couple questions. One, he was like, well, you know, your God's in your name. The same God's name, you know, the same God is in different cultures in a different name. So where would you go if someone raises that objection? Say, oh, it's just the same God, but just different names. Where would you go? I would just go to logic. So is your God a... Uh, a distinct being who's eternally existing as three simultaneous and distinct persons and not one person as uh, other religions say so can you explain that how, how they can be contradictory and both be true okay okay then, then we can um, just say next yeah. <laughs> okay and then, and then he says then he starts talking about the Tower of Babel he's like well in the Tower of Babel they mixed up all the languages so that then he, he used that to validate his first point. No, that doesn't make any sense because if all the languages were uh, there, corrupted, you got to understand what they were trying to do was work against God and exalt themselves, so they weren't serving the true and living God, which is why the the dispersion of people and languages occurred. So they were not following the true and living God. So that works against them. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah, it was hard to gauge, and he was kind of like one of those nice guys who was like trying to like kind of, and his wife was, I was Ubering, and his wife was in the backseat speaking in another language, and I think telling him to be quiet, like no religion, no, and so it was like kind of, I was going back and forth, but it was uh, trying to see see where he was at, but he wanted me to compromise, and I'm like, I'm not compromising. That's right, you can't. Did you get a good recommendation? Uh, recommendation for what? You know, on Uber, don't they, they relate, rate you? Oh, I don't know. I never pay attention to that. I, the only bad pay. ones I get is probably when I'm sharing the gospel, to be honest. Like, I hand out yeah, tracts right. all the time. So I'm I'm constantly Good. handing out tracts. But Good. I have one more question. Hey, man. Hold. There's the, oh, hold on. we got a break. We'll, we'll get back to you after the break, okay? Hey, folks, two open lines. You want to give me a call? 877-207-2276. We'll be right back. It's Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. All right, everyone, welcome back to the show. All right, let's get back on the air with Alex from Orlando. Alex, welcome. You're on the air. Yeah, so Alex. to change topics, one other question. Sure. Um, I was reading the Old Testament about using incense and prayers. Mm-hmm. Now, how do you feel about that now? Because they're kind of associated sure. with, you know, New Age and witchcraft and those things. So what what, what do you feel about that? Yeah, I don't have any problem with it because it's in the Bible. Okay. But to see how it's used, I'd like to see exact uh, verses that you're talking about. Because I think it's in I'm Psalms. not really sure. Can you do a search for it? Yeah, I, I don't remember. Mm-hmm. Um, it says, may my prayer be counted as incense before you. And that's in Psalm 141, Song of Solomon. Uh, let's see, no, it's frankincense. So, uh, grain offering, frankincense. Um, now, here's what's interesting. Uh, because they've forsaken me and they have burned incense to other gods. You know, that's worth, uh, I think, an interesting study, actually. Uh tore down the altars, beat the ashram, and carved images into powder and chopped down all the incense altars. Interesting. 
So maybe it's they, used, are you thinking maybe they stopped doing it? Well, I don't know, because now, I, you know what, to be honest, uh, sometimes when you, you know, you remember something, and I remember the, you know, incense is used in the temple, and there's varying things, that I, I understand. So I don't have a problem with that, but uh, now I want to do a research on it, actually. It got me kind of curious. Uh, let's okay. see. That not, yeah, because of high places. Uh, okay, ooh, look at that. Interesting. I don't know if it's uh, if it actually is uh, authorized uh, for Christian worship. Now that I'm looking at it, okay, uh, Frank, yeah, see. something, yeah, something you know. to look into. Well, because it is in the temple, you see, oil and lighting, spices for the anointing, oil for the fragrant incense. This is in the, uh, offerings for the sanctuary, so it's uh, it's there, and there's the altar of incense in Exodus. Uh, moreover, you shall make an altar as a place for burning incense. You shall make it of acacia wood. And uh, that's in the, the, the uh, tabernacle. Aaron shall burn fragrant incense. So the question then is, is it okay in the New Testament? You know, in the New yeah, Testament economy. Yeah, because that, that's, for the, yeah, that's for the um, for the temple. Uh, yeah, that's right. And then it mentions it in Luke. According to the custom of the priestly office, he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And, uh, is that the only time it's mentioned in the New Testament? Is it Luke? No, I'm, I'm just going through it. And another one in Luke one ten, and uh, another one in Luke one eleven, and then uh, Hebrews nine four, having a golden altar of incense in the Ark of the Covenant altar. Yeah. So, and then Revelation five eight. Uh, see, when he had taken the book, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb, each one holding a harp and a golden bowl full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. Interesting. Oh, but those were the prayers of the saints. Yeah. Yeah. It's, a, it's a verse that Catholics like to use all the time. They'd like to say that, yeah. that the uh, the people who are, have gone on can hear all our prayers because there's a bowl of incense, which is prayers. That means that they can hear them all. That's the, you know. Uh, that make, that makes no sense. Yeah, it makes no sense at all. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, interesting. And the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints went up before God out of the angel's hand. Yeah, it'd be worth a study yeah. to see uh, what yeah, God has okay. to say about it. Yeah. Anyway, so okay. there you go. Now yeah, I'm not I was so thinking sure. about it. Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe you should look into it, write an article about it. Yeah, yeah. If I've done my eighteen thousand other things, I got to do, which I do. <laughs> Maybe it's only seventeen thousand. I'm about to send you a, an eight-page article. Are you going to have time to read that? Well, usually when people like you send me articles, I make paper airplanes out of them and then throw them out the second-story window to see how far they go, the furthest page I read. That's it. You know, cut it down. How do you do that with a PDF? Well, you print it up, and then you throw it out. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you got you know, you to adapt. Oh, yeah, <laughs> okay. there you go. Oh. Okay. All right, All right brother. Well, yeah, I'll, I'll catch you later. All right, God bless. Okay, if you want to give me a call, three open lines, 877-207-2276. Dave from Salt Lake City, welcome. You're on the air. Are you there, Yeah, Dave? I was just wondering if maybe you could... Okay. Can you hear me? Yes, yes, I can. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, so... I personally don't celebrate Halloween, and I was wondering if you could discuss your opinion on whether Christians should celebrate Halloween. 
So when you say should, uh, that's that tends to be on deontological. Should they? But you mean can they? Are they free to? Yeah. So uh, free to? Yes. Y- yes, they are. They're free to. So let me ask you a question. Let's say you and I are missionaries in a foreign country, and there's a pagan temple, literally a pagan temple, and they uh, up on the hill we can see, and they uh, sacrifice meat to these uh, to the false gods, and then they sell that sacrificed meat down in in the marketplace, and you and I are down there get, looking for some meat. Can we buy that meat sacrificed to idols and eat it? What would you say? Uh, well, according to what Paul wrote, yes. Yes, you can. That's out of 1 Corinthians 10. Now, however, we don't want to do that if it's going to stumble anybody. And so this is a balancing act because, uh, you know, last night I said to my wife, I said, I'm looking forward to seeing the little kids in their little outfits when they come up. I love it, you know, little uh, tinkerbells and horses walk up. I love that stuff. It's just fun. They're cute. Now, if they, you know, they dress up in demonic stuff, that's a problem, I, I would think. But for the most part, what I see is really cuties. They're, they're, it's awesome to see them. So they're celebrating it, and it's just a time of joy for them. I don't see any problem with that because we're not celebrating anything bad. It's just, hey, you're going door to door to get candy. That's all it is. Okay. Okay. Now. And then, do you know if you have any articles on CARM about? Are you there? Yes. Yes, we have stuff on Halloween. Do you have any articles on CARM? Yeah. Yes. Any articles on CARM CARM. the origins of Halloween? Yes. No, the the origins of Halloween. Yes, Hallow's Eve and uh, and stuff that goes in. I wrote the article uh, years ago. Let's see, CARM, uh, Halloween. And uh, where did Halloween come from? Can a Christian celebrate it? And the answer is yes and no. Uh, So there's the origins of it. from All Hallows Eve, which occurred on October 31st, All Saints Day, or All Hallows Day, uh, was the day, next day, November uh, 1st, before Halloween is the Eve of All Saints. November 1st is an interesting day for me. I almost got murdered on that day. So that's another story a long time ago. Oh. Yeah. So, uh, um, any rate, uh, so yeah, you can celebrate it. As long as you're not celebrating evil, but you're, you know, like if you're at your house, wherever you're at, and people knock on your door, little kids come up with getting candy, and you give them candy, you're not participating in selling, celebrating demonic stuff. So let me ask you, do you have a Christmas tree in your house? Yes. Do you, right, okay. Well, believe it or not, uh, December 25th is actually a day that was celebrated in pagan festivals in Europe. And the Catholic Church yes. adopted it to try and convert it into a Christian holiday. So there's another little thing. Worth discussions. But anyway. Okay, buddy. All right. All right. Thanks, man. All right, Dave. Sure. Hey, folks. Three open lines. If you want to give me a call, 877-207-2276. Be right back. It's Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Let's just let music get going there. And uh, there we go. All right, let's get to William from North North Carolina. William, welcome. You're on the air. 
Hey, Matt Slick, quick question. The virgin birth. Now, I I mean, I believe in the virgin birth, but when it occurred, can you hear me now? Yes. Can you hear me now? Yes. Okay, the virgin birth. I do believe in the virgin birth. However, when it happened, my question is this. God didn't take a sperm and an egg and create a person. He did it totally through the Holy Spirit. Is that correct? Correct. Okay. And so he didn't take a part of Mary and then just somehow impregnate her. He just... Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Took his Holy Spirit and did it in her womb. Hold on, hold on. Let's just say this, okay, that he took the egg that part of that was there and he activated it and let's just leave it at that okay because there has to be a human nature and the virgin birth is uh, used to support the hypostatic union that Jesus has two distinct natures divine and human okay all right okay let me ask you this if he used the egg in her mm-hmm. how is uh, I, I'm trying to connect in my mind how that makes Jesus. I know how it makes Jesus a man, but how does that make him free from sin? Doesn't that egg because have the sin theory, nature? The theory is that the sin nature is passed down through the Father. That's the theory. And so there was no biological father, and hence no sin on uh, him. Plus, we do not know what went on. Uh, when she became pregnant we don't know what went on in all of that and so what I like to tell people at at this point is don't go too far into it Uh, just leave it as it is we don't know God doesn't tell us Jesus did not have a sinful nature there's theories about this and that's it we just don't know he didn't reveal it to us and that's okay so is this thing basically what I'm hearing from you is that it's a federal headship thing that that the sin would typically come from, you know, when a, a baby's created, would come theoretically, federal headship-wise, from the man's lineage. And That's in the correct. case That's of Jesus, there was no man's lineage, and therefore there was no sin nature. That's the, one of the main theories, yes. But we don't know how accurate it is. Okay. That's one of the main theories. All right? Yeah. That, that solves it for me. Thank you. Okay. All right. God bless. All right, let's get on the air with, let's see, Marcy from Salt Lake City. Hey, Marcy, welcome. You're on the air. Hey, thanks, Matt. I just had a quick thought about the incense that you guys were just chatting about. The Uh thing that came to mind was how uh, God was very specific about what incense had to be burned in Exodus. And and Uh I don't know if this relates. It was just something that popped in my mind and I thought would be great to add to your further study (laughs) is, how Aaron's son created strange fire when they mixed incense of their own and offered it to God, and God took their life, right, in Leviticus? Mm-hmm. I believe so, yeah. So is, so I, you know, just thinking of incense, is it okay to add? I don't know if that would be the same, because he was very specific about the incense that was part of worship, and not like we would know, or I don't know. Just a thought, just a thought. Yeah, it's uh, it's worth a study, uh, and I, you know, I, to be honest, I've never studied it. I never studied that specific thing. So there's types of incense, yeah. and then there's incense offerings in different cultures. So mm. I think it'd be, uh, 
I think it'd be worth a study and, and to see, you know, I wonder, if in fact, what I'd like to do is this. So, let's do, like, for example, I can do this Genesis, and then I type in the word incense. And then the first uh, occurrence is 7004. And then what I do is I go into my Hebrew dictionary thing, 7004, type it in, and it occurs 60 times in the uh, that particular oh, wow. Hebrew word, 60 times. And so... Uh, Wow, look at that. Interesting. And a lot of it is in the Pentateuch, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, uh, and then nothing mm-hmm. in Deuteronomy goes into. So, you know, it, then, uh, and it's, it's just interesting to see how God uses worms. Worms. <laughs> I was reading the word perfume. <laughs> and so I combined them. Uh, it says oil and perfume. <laughs> There's no worms there, but I was I combined my words. Sorry, uh, Proverbs twenty-seven nine: oil and perfume make the heart glad. So uh, yeah, I messed up on that one, but um, so yeah, you know, it's it's just a nice study. You know, it, it, this would be a leisure study for me. <laughs> I've got videos I got to do. I got to oh, I got so much stuff I got to do, and I'm just I'm always working. You know, I'm always working trying to figure things out. And with me, everything oh, is data. real hard. What's that? Yeah. I said, well, we appreciate it. <laughs> well, thank you. You should know there's a guy in ancient Greek culture, you know, mytho- mythological, there's a guy named Sisyphus, and he was always pushing a rock uphill, and it would always roll back, and he could never get it all the way. That's what I feel like. I feel like Sisyphus. You know, some people say you take two two steps backwards for one forward. I take seven or eight backwards to go uh, eight or nine forward, and uh, hopefully by that time I'm not too exhausted. But that's that's how it is. Everything is difficult. Everything I do always has problems. And uh, I'm working well, on just shooting a video today, and it was just nothing but problems. What? I said if you're going to do it well, you have to do it right, and that takes time. Yeah, but i got to be able to do it before I can do it well. <laughs> and I'm having trouble even getting there. You know, it's like, man, yeah. I'm just trying to do audio on something, and I and the way it goes, I finally get an audio thing working, and then the, the setup, I don't have an audio mic stand. Now I have to get an audio mic stand. I'm like, oh man, you know, and I just don't have, you know, I don't want to spend the money and stuff like that. I get, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Gee, there you go, I'm whining. What? A little bit of what? But whining's yeah. okay, because the Bible says take a little wine for your stomach, so that's okay. I'll, I'll whine a little bit. Love yeah. it. Well, that's just more food right. for thought. That's right, more Thank food you. for thought. Okay, you're welcome. God bless. All right, that was Marcy from Salt Lake City. Now let's get on the air with LaFoon from Rockville, Virginia. Uh, Welcome. You're on the air. Sarah, could you please tell me as you look at Psalm 3417? 34-17. Yes. Lord, how right. long wilt thou look on, rescue my soul, which is my soul from their destructions? Now, these next three words, mine only one, that is in my Schofield Bible that I use, New Schofield, that is, is um, interpreted as darling. My only one. Okay, hold, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. We're a little confused here. Because you said Psalm 3417. The notes say Psalm 2220, which I think you're quoting, Deliver My Soul from the Sword. Well, is that, that what... is that is that is another a psalm that has that in there, mine, only one. Which psalm The reason that I'm asking you that is, to me, 
man, only one is darling, and that would refer to the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, okay. I don't know what verse you're looking at, so I'm not I sure. I am looking so- at Psalm 35, 17. 35, 17, 17. which says, Lord, how long will you look on rescue my soul from the ravages my only life from the lions? Okay. And then in 22, verse 20. Deliver my soul from the sword. My only one from the power of the dog. Man, only one means darling, and to me, the Lord has taught me to call him darling when I want to, when I'm in prayer. I wouldn't. Um, But uh, deliver my soul from the sword. The NESB says my only life, and it asserts the word life, my only life from the power of the dog. And so uh, the ESV, deliver my soul from the sword, my precious life from the power of the dog. Deliver my soul. And the King James, my darling from the power of the dog. Uh, King James, my precious life from the power of the dog. My life, uh, RSV, LEB, my only life. Yeah, so it looks like that's what it is. And uh, in fact, the Septuagint, well, that's why they did it that way. Yep, because it says Tukain, which is life uh, or the spirit. So... Uh, life, yeah. So it's life. That's how the Jews understood it out of the Septuagint. So, deliver my only my only life from the power of the dog. Okay. But could does does my only one? They they interpret it as darling, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't call anyone darling unless they were the, the focus, the highest point in my life. Um. Okay, but that's not really what it says. So I wouldn't go with that. Hold on. No, I break, all right? Hold on. So what we're going to do is get right back after these messages. Three open lines, 877-207-2276. We'll be right back. It's Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Everybody, welcome back to the show. Before we get to the caller, I just want to let you know that we do stay on the air by your support. Please consider supporting us. We definitely do need that support to, uh, if you know, to keep on the air. If you like what you hear, you like the answers, you like my stupidity and humor, uh, and you want to see it continue or hear it continue, all you got to do is go to karm.org forward slash donate and, um, and donate uh, for the radio show. And if you do, please email us. I think there's a form out there uh, that says what it's for. But email us and say, hey, I, I just donated this amount for uh, the radio show. And email us at info at karm.org. It really does help. Uh, it really does. All right. Let's get uh, back on back on with uh, Pearl, actually. Welcome. You're, you're on the air. Well, sir, I just wondered... Uh which, what your designation would be? Is that wrong to refer to to the Lord God Jesus Christ as my darling? Um, well, as a man, uh, I have a problem with that. 
So I don't. I wouldn't go to any of my friends and go, "Hey, darling." I, it just you know, I get a punch in the head. So uh, as a man, I, I'm just not comfortable with that. And so, uh, you know, I, I but I can't say. <laughs> I can't well, say, as a man, are you comfortable with the church being re- uh, referred to as a female? The bride of Christ, because it's metaphor. Right. That I don't have a problem right. with. Yeah, but I'm not. I don't call God darling. Uh, I call him my Lord. And I, I well, I call him the uncreated one, the the greatest right. of all. I don't mean that I just designate sure. him as my darling, but he he has yeah. taught me, taught me through the Holy Spirit alone with him, to call him my darling. Well, that's bet- that's between you and God. Um, I don't see anything in Scripture that says you can't say that, because it's, it's, it just depends on how you intend it. Uh, and I think that you know to say he's he's the uncreated one. These are great titles for him because the Bible talks about him like that. So those are good too. The, the uh, uncreated one, the majestic king. You know, you could say that in prayer. You know, oh my my majestic king, my lord who is from forever. Those are beautiful terms. So yeah. Well, I just uh, is that wrong? I noticed that no, I wouldn't designated say it's wrong. in yeah, the only one. It. And then they they give the designation as darling. Well, that that word oh, is only found in I think it's the King James, and generally oh, I speaking, I recommend people not use the King James. Now a lot of people just spit their coffee in the air, but uh, the reason I say that is because uh, even though it's you know it's a nice Bible and it sounds cool. Uh, we don't talk like that now, and it has some anachronisms, and it has some, uh, let's just say, some phraseology that's not as well translated as some of the modern translations. So just stuff like that. But, uh, you know, if people use it, that's okay. That's all right. You know, if someone's preaching out of the King James at a church, I'm not going to complain. But I don't I don't prefer to use it. Okay? Okay. Right. You don't endorse it, and you don't negate it, right? Nah. <laughs> No, I just use the one that Paul used, the New American Standard Bible, 1995. That's what I use. Oh, I see. Well, I've just always studied from the King James and thou and thee. That doesn't bother me at all. Well, the first uh, time I used, uh, I quoted the King James when I was out evangelizing, and I quoted a verse with thee and thou in it. And I remember the guy looking at me and being confused, saying, what? What are you saying, thee, thou stuff? And immediately... I decided right there, within a second, to never use it again because it stood in the way of my evangelism. This is Southern California, okay, the beach community, things like that. So mm-hmm. you just don't talk like that, and I didn't want anything to stumble. So I just that was that was the moment I said, okay, I'm done, and I went to a more modern translation and studied from there. Okay, also well, Charlie Spine, you, uh, Charlie Spine, and I agree. I would not recommend using the Schofield study notes. Let's just say they're a little bit too dispensational, pre-mill, and all that kind of stuff. All right? But some notes in there are good, but uh, they have better stuff. I'd recommend the Geneva Study Bible. That's what I'd recommend. Geneva? Geneva Study Bible? Yes. You'll get a lot more deep theology in there, too. All right? All right. Thank you, sir. The Lord Jesus bless you in every conceivable way and in every inconceivable way. I like both of those. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Pearl. God bless. I love you. Bye-bye. Okay, bye. She's always a sweet person to call her like that. 
We have four open lines if you want to give me a call, 877-207-2276. Let's get to, let's see, Martin from Virginia. Is that your name? Are you there? Yeah, yeah, Martin. Hey, thanks, Matt. Sure. Thanks for taking my call. Thanks for your uh, uh, your ministry and your work, and I hope you guys can get some uh, Spirit Moose folks to make some donations to listen to you. Yeah, that's uh, we def- definitely recommend it. Let's just say yes, that's a good idea. Okay. Wait. So you had a caller earlier about the mm-hmm. virgin birth, and and you make some you know great great responses there, and it it just kind of started a question how how you 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 know your response kind of triggered something in me, and I think I know the answer. And, and how do you view the lineage that that Jesus has, you know, back to you know when they trace a lineage. But mm-hmm. Jesus had no father, really. Now, yeah, I yes. think I know the answer, but I'd love to get your take. Yeah, there's two genealogies of Jesus, and one of them is through Mary, one of them is through Joseph. And uh, the, believe it or not, Jeconiah is in the lineage of Joseph, and there's a curse on Jeconiah's descendants that none of them will ever be able to sit on the throne. And so it looks like that's a, a catch. Hey, you know, the devil's going to say, look, you can't, uh, you know, the Messiah can't come from Joseph lying, but it did. And so it was not a biological descendancy, but a legal descendancy, because Joseph, when he said his name is Jesus, was uh, pronouncing adoption and proclamation and acceptance in his family. The biological line came through Mary, who also is traced back, uh, uh, back and back through Abraham and stuff. Okay. Right. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Thank you. So. Yeah. Good for clarifying that. I was just hoping that folks didn't hear that and say, "Well, you know, the <laughs> Joseph Joseph didn't have a biological um, attachment, but he he had the legal aspect of that." And, and back clearly in the uh, Mosaic Covenant, legal was the covenant. Right. That's right. That's what it is. Let's see. Two. I wrote an article on this years ago, and trying to spell genealogies and uh well i'll tell you that's a hard word to spell but i found it why are two different genealogies for jesus matthew 1 and luke 3 and i go through and i show where they could split out of uh david i believe it is and uh yes from nathan and solomon david the father of joseph yeah so there it is and you can check guys can check it out and one's the legal line and one's the biological line so there you go yes yeah, perfect. Thanks for clarifying that, Matt. Okay. All right. Got anything else? <laughs> Bunch of political stuff, but we don't have time. <laughs> we just don't have Well, time. we got nobody waiting right now, so what do you want to talk about politically? Let's see what well, you got. I'm curious. I'm I'm just uh I kind of amused a little bit of the uh the White House press secretary defending the uh Joe Biden gas drops and then all of a sudden defending Joe Biden has nothing to do with the price hikes. You know, I mean, you, you can't have it both with ways. With what? Right? Oh, price hikes. Well, um, by any chance, did you see Tucker last night with the interview he did on Bobolinsky? Um, I, 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 I did see, see a replay of that on Fox earlier, but I, didn't think I, I don't think I watched it last night. I saw the Bobolinsky... They yeah, you need to watch it. On yeah, you need to watch it. And it, if what he says is true, then it's absolute testimony proof that the Biden family is corrupt. 
absolute corrupt, absolutely, along with right. the FBI, the corrupt at the higher uh, levels, and the news media that refuses to cover and look into it and dig into it also is a demonstration of their corruption as well. So we have major well, levels of corruption. I, What's that? I, no, I, I, I totally agree. It, it, they're quelling, they're quashing something that's factually right. true, and they, they have the facts and the details, and they're it's quashing right. it. They're just keeping it silent. Yeah, this is the technique really of communism. All right, this is yeah, communist yeah, yeah. Uh, techniques. Right. And so there's communist uh, tactics to suppress counter-information. And what we have is, our, I believe our country is, is lost. I do. I believe, it's, that's my opinion, it's, it's depressing. I believe our country won't recover unless God does something. I believe that because the schools are so corrupted, because they're producing socialist, communist uh, thinking people, because the higher echelons of the government are corrupt, because the morality of our country is just in the toilet, uh, I don't believe right. that uh, that country, we can survive. And that's about yeah, my opinion. It, yeah. Yeah. That's no, I, I agree. When I, I think I, I, I debate with atheists often, and it comes down to morality, and I ask them where they get their morality from, how do they base that? It... it it, it spirals into some anger on their side because they can't admit that you know white is white and black is black. Or morals are something that you must have inherent within. And they, they say it's socially ingrained. It was developed socially throughout time. And and you know I I point to many examples where no that's not the case. If it was, then we'd have common morals all the way throughout socially. Right. And your choice would have to match everybody else's choice, and it doesn't. You're, you're making a different choice morally. Where did you get that from? Yeah. How did you base that? And they, it's hard for them to right. dig out, you know, where they, they don't where have they No, they have. Uh, but they, I would. I mean, me. I'm just a theologian, but I could out debate these political leaders on the, on the far left uh, on various issues, on morality, on truth, on information, uh, on their own levels of corruption, and it's it's and that's just to tell you how easy it would be because they're that guilty and incompetent, but the news media. Is uh, is supporting them and helping them in their deception and the downfall of our country, and so we need to get our schools back. And here's something else that needs to happen: the Christian churches need to really start preaching and teaching about what it means to pick up the cross and convert the world, and to be uh, disciple makers, not just people who hide in Sunday morning schools, uh, Sunday morning churches. That's a concern I've got. And so if we don't step up, our country's gone. That's not to say it can't turn around if Christians get to, on their knees and pray. God could certainly raise up people to do things. But if it doesn't happen, our country's lost. That's what I believe. Yeah. All right. I think it starts with a family, a good, strong family unit. And, you know, the left is kind of destroying that. Oh, yeah. The left, the left is, in my opinion, evil in the service of the devil, the far left. And I do not understand how anybody can be a Christian and also a Democrat once they understand what the Democrat Party stands for. And it stands for the KKK, slavery, Jim Crow laws, racism, socialism, communism. Uh, I don't understand how anybody uh, can hold that. And, and if they understand what, what they actually teach and also be a Christian, I would doubt their salvation yeah. if they say, oh, no, I'm, I'm for it. Yeah, I'm for the Democratic Party, even though they're, they're pro-homosexual, pro-abortion, pro-communist, uh, pro-censorship, pro-KKK. Um, That's what the history of, of the Democratic Party is. I'd say... What? How could you be a Christian and, and support this stuff? That's like anything else. Right. 
Oh, there's yep, the, there's the uh, music. We're out of time. All right, man. We're out of time, buddy. All right, God bless. Yeah, that's right, folks. A little controversial there, but hey, why not? I'm Reverend Slick on your radio show. If you want to give me a call, you got to wait until tomorrow. But may the Lord bless you greatly, and by His grace, we're back on the air tomorrow. Oh, by the way, tonight in two hours, I'll be on Clubhouse answering questions. God bless. Another program powered by the Truth Network.